1: Hackers are after your business data. I can help. I am Vi, the virtual intelligence assistant at Virtual Armor. Virtual Armor, partnered with Juniper Networks, provides cybersecurity services and end-to-end solutions to keep what's yours, yours. Defend yourself with managed firewall and managed SIM essential core services that are economical and efficient. Virtual Armor goes beyond just initial alerting to provide a thorough report on threats, vulnerabilities, and results. Let me help protect you. Contact me at justaskvi.com.
0: And here we go. My opponent is against oil, guns, and God. I am the Democratic Party right now. 47 years, you've done nothing. Everything Americans value hangs in the balance. We have an obligation under the Constitution to use every arrow in our quiver. This is the most important election in the history of our country. I believe that is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull.
1: I'm Brett Winterbull. It is Devious Motives. Episode number 22 of 30 as we document the dirty 30 last days of the presidential election. Welcome back. It is good to be spending this time with you. I guess you should say welcome because the show hasn't really been underway yet. We're just starting right now. But it is uh, is terrific to be here with you. As, As we look across the landscape, what do we see? Well, we see a lot of the same... Plays getting called in these closing days of the election, as we saw in 2016, we see President Trump barnstorming everywhere. I mean, he's 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 campaigning uh, in Florida, North Carolina on Saturday today in Lumberton, North Carolina. You've got all all the stops getting pulled out. This president is fully invested in trying to get elected, reelected to the presidency of the United States. What do you see on the other side? You see them going for the same old play that they ran back in 2016, Dallas, Pennsylvania. That's a town. And what do you have in Dallas, Pennsylvania, a Biden rally? And who do they have at the Biden rally? John Bon Jovi with an acoustic guitar um, entertaining the crowds. Can we be honest about something here for a quick second? Um, I every every politician entertainer is going to have their own points of view. I respect that every entertainer is going to have political opinions. I'm not somebody who says, you know, because you uh, sing for a living or act for a living, you shouldn't have opinions. But let's let's get real here for a second. Joe Biden should be on the undercard to, to John Bon Jovi. Like John Bon Jovi should be the headliner. Uh, Joe Biden is is not the headliner in a show where you've got Bon Jovi uh, singing. But this is a huge mistake, and I, I'm telling you, I, I take no joy in pointing it out. Uh, I, I just you just can't teach an old dog new tricks. You have the Democrats making the exact same mistake that they made back in 2016 when they're pouring out. Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they're pouring out Obama and Michelle, and they're pouring out uh, who, who else was out there? Uh, LeBron was out there at one point. All these huge celebrities coming out there to campaign, the people that are, are going to be persuadables, so you're theoretically undecideds that I don't think really exist, but you're undecideds and you're people who are wavering on the fence uh, that, that voted for Trump, but then they don't know if they're going to stick with Trump. They are not going to be motivated by Bruce Springsteen and John Bon Jovi. They're going to go to the go, they're going to go to the events and consume the you know consume the uh, the magic that is John Bon Jovi uh, singing a song, and then they're going to go vote for Trump. They're going to enjoy the show and then not stick around for the uh, check writing ceremony or or any of the other stuff like that. And I know it sounds you probably say to yourself, "Well, oh, Brett, that's an awfully cynical way to look at the world." Uh, of course, it's not. Do you? When you look at the school to send your child, do you sit back in your chair and say, what would George Clooney do? What would George and Amal do? What What, what is it exactly that, that we could expect from Chrissy Teigen and John Legend? W- would, would they buy this brand of pampers? Would they buy this brand of you know, whatever? No, nobody cares what celebrities do. And I'm not being like anti-celebrity because they're liberal pinko commie commies. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that people look at celebrities and think that they know what they're doing. I mean, don't forget Warren Beatty was a big donor to the Democratic Party. He was a tremendous actor in his early days and all that, all that jazz. No, he wasn't in all that jazz. You get my point, though. He, he was a huge actor, right? And what do you end up having? You end up having a guy who makes Ishtar. And I know that's a really weak Hollywood inside baseball joke. But the fact of the matter is nobody cares what celebrities do. They don't there are a couple that can move a needle. And they can move a needle within the community that they are influential in. Like so Jim Caviezel can be very motivational. That's the man who uh, was the star in The Passion of the Christ, who made that film. Jim Caviezel uh, with Mel Gibson. Jim Caviezel can be influential in, in traditional Catholics and, and Christians who are dedicated dedicated to all of this. Um, he can be influential with, say, pro life, very Christian folks. Uh, you can have people uh, like Denzel Washington, who has a, a, a ton of stature across across the, the political spectrum. Um, you know, he, he can certainly recommend this or that. But nobody is going to uh, any of these fly by night artists, authors, actors, comedians, I mean, we all remember pretty clearly the bomb that was Clint Eastwood in 2012 with the empty chair and pretending like he was talking to Barack Obama and how like you were embarrassed to be watching that the power of celebrity is is not that big. The power of celebrity is not that big to persuade. The power of celebrity is big to aggregate a crowd. So if LeBron James says, hey, I'm doing a rally for Joe Biden um, uh, in downtown Los Angeles, you are going to have 10,000 people, 25,000 people show up uh, in downtown Los Angeles to hear from LeBron James, but they're showing up to see LeBron James. They're showing up to hear from LeBron James, Joe Biden speaking. Some of them are going to stick around, but, but really the way you do it is you come out as Joe Biden, give a speech and then look at the crowd and say, ladies and gentlemen, LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen, John Bon Jovi, ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Springsteen, ladies and gentlemen, Barack Obama, whatever that is. So you get a positive association, but you you never take the star and make them first. There's a reason why certain bands don't open for other bands. And it's not necessarily that the band that might be opening thinks too highly of themselves, but you're just not going to have Led Zeppelin open for the Avid brothers. The both fine bands, but Led Zeppelin is a headliner. Bon Jovi's a headliner. Joe Biden is not a headliner. Barack Obama's a headliner. Bill Clinton was a headliner in his prime. Donald Trump is a headliner. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, they wouldn't be headliners. They're people that you're going to say, you know, he said some really interesting things the other night on Fox. Uh, That guy had some pretty great takes when I saw the op-ed that he wrote. They're not headliners. You got to be a star. Star power is special. Star power is, is really a thing that, Just shows up and Joe Biden. I'm being honest, the guy, he's creaky. Think about Biden, and I'm not going to go for the cheap, low hanging fruit about Vice President Biden when it comes to, say, the crime bill and calling blacks predators or or calling criminals predators who are black, whatever that is. I'm talking about Joe Biden just. Just as Joe Biden, what is his biggest What are his biggest stories that he tells? What are the biggest stories he tells? They're stories that are not featuring Joe Biden as the star of the picture. Um, He tells you the tragic story of his daughter and, and wife dying in a car accident as he's about to be sworn in as a senator. Joe Biden talks about getting sworn in while his two sons are in a hospital bed. Are, are in hospital beds uh, there. That's that's not an, a heroic story per se about Joe Biden. That's not PT 109. That's a sad story involving Joe Biden. And then there's a happy part of it because he meets Jill Biden and she takes the children as her own and raises them. And it's all great, I mean, it's, it's a good story. It's, it's not PT 109. Whether PT 109 is entirely true in all of its iteration, You get what I'm saying, right? It's not PT-109. You look at the story of a guy. I'm going to go back in history. You look at the story of a guy like President Andrew Jackson. President Andrew Jackson had nobody left in his life. I think by the time he was 13, it was him. His mom, his dad, siblings—I mean, they were wiped out with the yellow fever. You—you you have a guy in Andrew Jackson who becomes an entirely self-made man, who doesn't come from wealth, comes from the Waxhaws, uh, right? Right here, adjacent to Charlotte. He—he's a guy that's that that is uh, that is injured. He's a guy that fights in wars. He's a guy who becomes the president. He's a guy who is just a. Uh, a, a sleeve-rolling-up fist guy. I mean, he'll, he'll fight you on the front lawn of the White House. I mean, he got, he challenged a guy to a duel once when he was president. Andrew Jackson is a freaking rock star. Andrew Jackson in many ways, but for his support of the idea of, of slavery from 18, what is he, 1828 to 18, I mean, his the Democratic Party keeps slavery in their platform forever. Starting in 1828 and going all the way up to 1860. Andrew Jackson's a rock star. Andrew Jackson is George Washington 2.0 in that he is a purely American-made guy. He his his life tracks George Washington in a lot of ways, which is different than Madison and different than uh, even you know somebody like Thomas Jefferson. You 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 look, you look at an Andrew Jackson. You look at a Ulysses S Grant. I'm giving you a Republican and a Democrat. You look at Ulysses S. Grant, who, if you've never watched the History Channel uh, telling of his life story, it's incredible, it's phenomenal. But the idea that you know he becomes a guy who saves the Union, he and and Abe Lincoln save the preserve the Union, and he ends up getting saved at the end of his life by uh, by Mark Twain. He's an incredible guy. You you look at a guy like. Like Taft, you look at it. I know Taft sounds like an obscure guy to, to be digging on, but you look at, look at what Taft, Taft did a lot of stuff. You look at Teddy Roosevelt, a guy who completely created his own image. Franklin Roosevelt sees us through a war, maybe the worst war of American history next to the American Civil War, right? the worst war in American history next to the American Civil War. You look at a guy uh, like Harry Truman, a haberdasher, who who's <laughs> drives back home to... Missouri in a sedan with his mother-in-law and wife when he's done being president. You look at Dwight Eisenhower, who saves Europe. You look at John Kennedy, a fictionalized, in some ways, uh, war hero. He, yes, he was somebody who was injured in war and, and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, he's, he wasn't Ulysses S. Grant. He was just a guy doing his duty. But you look at these people. Joe Biden is much more akin to LBJ was along for the ride with a historic president and ultimately did a couple of things, but nobody, uh, if you strip aside Vietnam, what is the purpose of LBJ's presidency? Other than the civil rights acts that he had to sign? Cause he understood that that was his legacy. Nixon goes to China. Ford is basically irrelevant for the most part. Carter is really well-meaning. Reagan is transformational. George H.W. Bush is a technocrat uh, who who works in every layer of government that you possibly can and is, by the way, a war hero, gets shot down during World War II and survives. And then you get to Bill Clinton, who's transformational as the first first baby boomer president. My point is this. What is Joe Biden? Joe Biden is incredibly... Joe Biden. The biggest stories he talks about for bona fides when it comes to race relations are fighting corn pop with a... What did he fight him with? A cord, a chain. He took a chain out at Corn Pop and talking about being a white lifeguard working at the black swimming pool and letting young African-American children play with the hair on his legs. I mean, he's told these stories in his own words. When when he is famous, he's famous for gaffing, but he's also famous for not being honest about his biography. When Joe Biden is famous, he's he is a, a guy who, Talks uh, about Barack Obama getting Obamacare through and he's famous because he says D on, on TV live on TV with the cameras all rolling. He's responsible for Barack Obama's pivot on gay marriage because he went on a Sunday show and said, yeah, we support gay marriage. I mean, th- there's nothing about Joe Biden that's about Joe Biden. He's not a headliner. He's not a star. Go back. Go back to Davos. Remember Davos? Davos, back before we had the pandemic unleashed on us by the CHICOMs in an effort to get Joe Biden elected. I'm kidding. Stop, I'm kidding. Go back to Davos. Uh, Donald Trump goes to the very first Davos conference in the winter of 17. And he comes down that escalator. And these are billionaires. I mean, these are trillions of dollars of people that are billionaires in a room. They are flocking to talk to Donald Trump. They're in line. And you want to know what they're in line for with Donald Trump? They're not in line for Donald Trump because he's the president of the United States. Yes, very powerful man. He's in line because Donald Trump's a star of television, books, WWE, beauty pageants. Says what he wants, apprentice, brash opinions, always in the newspaper. No publicity is bad publicity. They often talk about Ronald Reagan, you know, being the first Hollywood president. But when you look at what Trump was, Trump was the first person to take Hollywood and put it in the White House. Ronald Reagan was Hollywood and he's a unique guy. Uh, Michael Reagan often tells the story of how he's such a unique person. Michael Reagan and his sister Maureen were such unique people because, you know, in the case of, uh, in the case of Michael Reagan, you know, you, you have uh, somebody who can walk around and I think he's the only person who can walk around and say, my mother was an Academy Award winning actress in Jane Wyman and my father was president of the United States. After Maureen Reagan passed away, Michael Reagan became literally the only person in the planet on the planet, who who could make that claim? And that's not braggadocio in that part. It's a historic reality. But Re- Reagan had been a governor twice in, in in California. He he had done a number of policy initiatives. He nearly became the nominee in '76 uh, with uh, w- w- with Ford. Reagan was of Hollywood, but was not Hollywood. Donald Trump is Hollywood. It would be. It would be like if um, Tom Cruise or, or Clooney or somebody like th- of that stature decided they are going to run for president. Except, similarly to Reagan, Trump, and, and strip aside, if you, hate, if you hate Trump, if you hate Trump, you don't like him, but s- s- strip that aside. Donald Trump, Donald Trump had showbiz in his blood because of The Apprentice and the different programs and things that he did. But Donald Trump also was an outspoken advocate on making America great again 20, 15 years before he ran for president. He was oftentimes talking about how we were getting screwed on trade policy, the working guy was getting screwed, how hard it was to do things. This is a guy who is intimately connected to bureaucracy and understanding you wanna build a building, you gotta jump through these hoops, you gotta grease these palms, you gotta pay that guy off, you gotta do this, you gotta keep the wolves from the door. He he he's a guy that for as Hollywood as he is, he's much he, he's much more queens than Hollywood. He's a huge personality. And when you tell the story of the Trump administration, every story that will have occurred in the four years from his inauguration to the either reinauguration or the inauguration of the next president in Biden. Every story will start with Donald Trump. Every story. Donald Trump appointed judges. Donald Trump was investigated by. Donald Trump was criticized for. Donald Trump told li- Every story starts with Donald Trump. Every story about Joe Biden does not start with Joe Biden. In fact, right now, think about, think about what we're looking at right now in the country. If I said to you, what's going on with the Joe Biden run? The f- first four words out of your mouth Two of them would be Hunter Biden or Kamala Harris or Barack Obama. See, this is this is a problem. When JFK ran for president with LBJ as his vice president, it was clear that John Kennedy was the guy. FDR was the guy. Teddy Roosevelt, when he ascends to the presidency, is the guy. Calvin Coolidge, reluctant as he was. Was the guy. Woodrow Wilson, racist as he was, was the guy. Lincoln was the guy. Madison, Jefferson, Adams, and Washington were the guy. And I'm leaving a slew of people off the list. The reason why Joe Biden is running, he told you himself in the debate two nights ago. I'm running because of Charlottesville. I'm running Because of what you're doing to this country. And what is it that President Trump said to Joe Biden? If you and Barack had done a good job, I wouldn't have had to run. I wouldn't be running. I wouldn't be president. Because you ran the country into the ground, I had to do this. See, it's Donald Trump talking about Donald Trump. When Joe Biden's talking about why he's running for president, He talks about other people, but not in a servant leader way. You people at home, you have an empty seat at the table. The pandemic, because Trump, they're dead, because Trump, you're miserable, because Trump. MLK, his most famous phrase ever. I have a dream. And then he lays out what the dream is. If somebody asked Joe Biden in a debate, what's your dream? What's your vision of America? My my vision of America is us coming together, not tearing each other apart. But what does that mean? John Kennedy. Ask not which country could do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We will take a man from Earth and put him on the moon and return him to safely to Earth by the end of the decade. Big challenge. When Joe Biden decided he was not going to run for president back in 2015, 2016. Do you remember one thing that he spoke, and I'm being very, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the Devious Motives podcast, I'm being straight as an arrow on this. Do you remember what Joe Biden's biggest initiative was going to be since he wasn't running for president and it was in the wake of Hunter Biden's passing? Do you remember what he said he was going to do? I I remember and it was admirable as hell. He was gonna devote his time and spend his energies in finding a cure for cancer. See, I get that we've got a pandemic, but this pandemic will not be here forever. This pandemic will not wipe us out. I don't know what the numbers are, but I've had family members in my family with cancer. I've had family members who who have fought the battle against cancer. You've had people you know who have fought the battle against cancer. Maybe you have people that you know that have succumbed to the cancer. I have had people in my family who have succumbed to the cancer. My my point is this. Joe Biden should have run and said, me and Kamala, we're going to lead this country in a new direction. We're going to revitalize business. And I am making it my chief mission to win the war on cancer. We're going to come up with cancer therapies. Could you imagine if he was the president, uh, presidential candidate, and he said that he wanted an Operation Warp Speed for for the battle against cancer or the battle against Alzheimer's or the battle against something bigger. That's what America wants. Franklin Roosevelt, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That wasn't about World War II. It was about the depression. You know, we, we watch all of this and I I think back to, to Teddy Roosevelt. I think back to Teddy Roosevelt. My favorite quote from Theodore Roosevelt, I'll share it with you. It's fairly lengthy, but I think it's important. And I think it's, it's positively among the most American cr- quotes you can have. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong men stumbled or when the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spends himself in a worthy cause, who at his best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat it's about the man in the arena every american in the sound of my voice every american we share this nation with every american respects the idea of being the striver of getting up and toiling and taking the shot and trying to do their best to provide for their family to provide for their future to do those things And they don't look for the pat on the back. They don't look to be written up in the newspaper. Millions and millions of Americans, the overwhelming majority of people, will never be regarded by the popular press as anything other than background noise. But the fact of the matter is, Americans work like nobody else. We're a country that doesn't take sometimes even a quarter or half of our vacation time. We are a workaholic nation but it's in our DNA, it's who we are. It's why uh, I consistently say, if you've got people willing to come into the United States to work, let's figure out how to get them in here to work. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the Democratic Party today does claim to want to look out for the little guy, but only some of the little guys and gals. They want to uh, institutionalize the notion that there are entire classes of people who cannot achieve based on economic status, race, background. It's not true. Dependency has to be taught, the notion that you can't do it has to be ingrained. A child, a small child, will do whatever it takes to survive. Why do you think kids will steal out of the cookie jar to take 10 cookies? Because the inclination is to do and take and eat and feel good and to do that sort of stuff. You have to condition a people to believe they can't do it. You have to condition a country to believe it's not great. When Donald Trump says make America great again, he's not saying that we were never great, or we can't be great, or we can't be great because of those people. It's an aspirational phrase. When you think about being a builder, you have to envision what it is you wanna do. Whether you are Noah with an ark under orders from God, or you're somebody that wants to put up a skyscraper in a city, or wants to build a business like Amazon, or wants to create a company like Apple, You have that vision in your mind and you have a drive to achieve it. People are going to tell you no all along the way. You know why people told Jeff Bezos that Amazon wouldn't work? Because there was no such thing as Amazon. Now, some guy sitting in his house working late at night on the next project, in his mind, he's describing it as the next Amazon. Amazon. If I say, you know, I'm building uh, the phylosphere, and you're like, what the hell's a phylosphere? Oh, you're gonna see, it's gonna be great. Ah, That'll never work because it's never existed. Donald Trump had never run for public office, not for any office ever in his life. Donald Trump ran for office and got elected to the presidency. He beat the most qualified woman. In the history of America to win the presidency, defeated 25 other professional politicians on his way and is now in a pandemic, still competitive with a guy with 47 years of experience under his belt. My, My point in all this is this. America is an amazing place. America loves stars. America loves stardom. But what America doesn't love is politicians. We tolerate politicians. We look to politicians. We expect that we have to understand politicians. Joe Biden is your quintessential straight from casting politician. Fred Thompson was an actor who looked like a politician and got elected. Ronald Reagan was an actor and a governor who had enough lessons in his life to become the president of the United States. Donald Trump decided he was going to run for president the same way he decided he would build a building. And he did it. Who's going to win this race? We got 10 days to go. It's wide open, baby. We don't know. But I do know this. Confidently, I know this. A lot is still to come. And at the end of every bit of this election, at the end of how it plays out, you and me will still get up and go to work. I will continue with this podcast. You will continue to listen and in your endeavors. And whose president Well, it'll be an interesting thing to look at, but it will not be the thing that drives you 24 hours a day because at some point the American people want to look at this last two-year campaign, and it's been two years, and say, you know what? I'm ready. I am ready. I am ready to get back to work, whether for the pandemic, whether for the election, Or or, or whether for whatever unforeseen circumstance needs to lift, the American people are ready to go. Every one of us is a dreamer and a striver. And every one of us wants the best for our families and our country. We're stars of our own story. That's going to do it for me. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to Devious Motives
0: devious motives with brett winterbull monday it's a new episode of all rise the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system when i take the bench i'm taking a vow to fight for justice one case at a time your honor we're going to trial simone missick is judge lola carmichael up on that bench Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on
1: CBS. Hackers are after your business data. I can help. I am Vi, the virtual intelligence assistant at Virtual Armor. Virtual Armor, partnered with Juniper Networks, provides cybersecurity services and end-to-end solutions to keep what's yours, yours. Defend yourself with managed firewall and managed SIM essential core services that are economical and efficient. Virtual Armor goes beyond just initial alerting to provide a thorough report on threats, vulnerabilities, and results. Let me help protect you. Contact me at Vi. that's vi.com.